She Seeks Goodness. Today, we're really excited to do another episode on Elephant in the Room. And this one is cool. I feel like everyone loves a good topic like this because we are doing dating and relationships, something that's relevant for everyone. And I'm especially excited because I have my special friend here, Estelle Lum, who is coming to share her wealth of knowledge and all things dating and relationships. Thanks for joining us, Estelle. It's Great so good here. for you to be here. Do you want to give us a little bit of um, an intro on who are you, what do you do, a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of context? Sure. Um, so I'm married to John Olam, who is a pastor for the Central Young Adults at Life Church. Um, I have a daughter called Jemima, she's two and a half, so I'm a mum, and I've also got a career. I work full-time um, in marketing. Amazing. Not sure of what I do. So cool. In Estelle, you are like an incredible woman, like in the way that you've worked alongside Jono in the young adult space. You've always been there to influence the next generation. And I know that dating and relationships is something that's like quite close to your heart and like seeing people win in this area of life so we are so excited to have you on board and just share a little bit of wisdom a little bit of encouragement to us single gals because you know I need all the advice I can get so we're really really excited to have you and I thought you know just a little bit of a fun question to kick things off I'm really curious to know how did you and Jono meet? Okay um well it's actually took place over quite a long period of time. Um, but we started off with meeting at university. Um, we were both playing touch rugby. And so that's how we met at a university club. Amazing. Yeah. So good. And how long was the space between that and when you actually started dating? Um, probably, it was probably something like 15 years or something. No way. Yeah, something oh like goodness. that. Did you like him when you when you like met him there? Uh, I think I just kind of was a bit neutral, you know. Like yeah. apparently he liked me, but he didn't really do anything about it that I could pick up on. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, apparently he did. And That's then, so yeah. Do you want me to tell you the rest of it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I need all the secrets. Let's go. <laughs> all right, I'll try and just give you the key milestones because it, it literally was quite a long period of time. Yeah. So. We met at university and then we were kind of like acquaintances. I wouldn't really say we were friends. And then after that first year of meeting, we just kind of went our own separate ways. And I didn't really see or hear from him again until Facebook arrived. I know that's how old we are. So, <laughs> so Facebook arrived and he was one of my friends. So I was like, oh yeah, accept friends. Cause you know, you just accept anyway yeah, at that point. Yeah. And then um, again, didn't really hear anything from him. And then I was living in Melbourne. I was working for quite a large church mm. over there, um, and I was PAing for the senior pastor at that stage. So I was quite involved. Yeah. And I came back for a wedding, um, just for like a long weekend, and I went to life. Um, I was actually half an hour late, and somehow he spotted me because he was serving, and. Um, but we didn't actually connect. And so he messaged yeah. me on Facebook and was like, oh, hey, were you at Life Church on Sunday? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was, but I'm like back in Melbourne now because that's where I was yeah. living. And from there, we just kind of messaged for a bit. And then I was going to be back for Christmas. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm back for Christmas if you want to catch up for a drink, like just an innocent drink, not a date or anything. Yeah. And so we had a two-hour drink. 
He paid for my $30 parking because I didn't realise it was $15 an hour. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then we messaged for a bit, but it kind of fizzled out because I didn't really know what it was and there were a few other people in Melbourne that I was kind of interested in. And so nothing really happened. And then, I don't know, about a year or so later, um, his name just kept coming up. And I've kind of always been like, well, I'm happy to be single if that's like God's best for me. But if God's leading me in a different way, and I think sometimes if you keep hearing something, like if something keeps coming up, sometimes it's God wanting you to pay attention to it. And so his name kept coming up, like David and Margaret McCracken kind of mentioned to me, oh, we met one of your friends. And I was like, oh, you know, and then it was Jono. And then another time my sister somehow mentioned his name she caught up with his flatmate which was such a long random connection and so I was like oh maybe I should give this Jono guy another go because he actually had a lot of qualities I liked yeah so I reached out to him on whatsapp because I was going to be in New Zealand for a couple of weeks and then he wasn't going to be there around so he was I was like oh well I guess that's it then you know I've just kind of done my little bit of obedience yeah but he was like oh well why don't we just catch up on whatsapp and I was like oh okay so we did that and then I didn't really want it to be kind of what it had been the year or so before where I didn't really know what was going on mm-hmm. and um one time I just called him and I was like oh hey so you know what's going on <laughs> like so are we good. just friends or is there something <laughs> else going on here and long story short um I just extended my trip a little bit and so we could hang out for four days. And at the end of the four days, we were dating. Wow. Yeah. And then a year and a half later, got married. Amazing. So most of that dating season was across two different countries, right? Was it mostly long distance at that point? Yeah. So I didn't move over to Auckland until a week before we got married. Wow. Yeah. That is a modern day romance right there, you know? <laughs> I love it. WhatsApp just really came through. I know, right? You gotta use all the tools, you know? <laughs> that is that is great. And I feel like that's such a common situation now, right? That people with the aid of technology, people are able to have that possibility of dating long distance. And I think like it's more common now probably than it used to be. I actually think it was more common than we think and back in the day yeah like yeah I can't remember oh yeah that's right I've I've been reading this book um and this lady's I think she's even passed away by now but when she wrote the book she was like in her 60s and um she was saying that her and her husband I think they they met like once and then they just did long distance letter writing wow and they were in different countries and then yeah they got married and that is amazing just would have taken a bit longer to get a reply you know yeah yeah Patience would really be a virtue <laughs> in those situations. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that's something I'd really have to learn to be able to work that through. But obviously, it's worked, and it continues to work. And I'm, like, really curious to know a little bit, like, what is some advice? Like, I know you guys had to navigate long-distance staying for that year and a bit, plus all the extra years of, like, where are we? Like, who? how are we going here? Do you have, like, any advice for people that are considering long distance and they're already in it, like how do you navigate that well when you don't have that close proximity or necessarily like, get to meet people in person and ensure that, you know, how do you keep messages genuine or do you call more, or, you know, to keep it a healthy dating season? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think it's important to meet the person sooner rather than later. Yeah. And 
like to really know that they are who they are. I mean, I had the benefit with Jono of one having met him at university, and yeah. two, um, my sister's really good friend was his really good friend, and they were flatting. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew that he was a little bit legit. Does that make yeah. sense? Because yeah. you know, there's that show Catfish. You don't want to be a catfish because that, totally. that's not good. Um, but I think the other thing that worked for us was there was probably I think a two-hour time difference, so it wasn't like too crazy you can still do it I know people who have but and then the other thing was we made sure that we um would see each other at least once a month so one of us would fly over once a month and we were just really lucky at that time that um you could do that like it wasn't COVID season and it wasn't ridiculously expensive um but you know you can still make it work I think you just have to have trust and you just have to communicate about what works for you so for we would try and, um, when we got up in the morning, we'd say a quick, you know, good morning. And then in the evening, we'd try and say a quick good evening. And then, um, and, you know, a quick update about the day. And we might, we would sometimes FaceTime, but we didn't always FaceTime because, yeah. you know, we both had lives as well that we had mm-hmm. to do and we were quite involved in our churches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. It's so interesting, I think. I think as it becomes more and more common, like obviously as you've shared it, probably was more common than we <laughs> let on. But I think, yeah, especially now as we're heading out of this COVID season where people have been stuck in their homes, online dating has been like probably one of the main sources. And so navigating that well, and I guess for you, it's like having that continual conversation, both being on the same page. I love what you mentioned about how your sister actually knew him through the friend and you were able to have that kind of second opinion or be able to like see his character and integrity from someone outside of yourself because I imagine it could be quite easy to be blindsided because people could put their best foot forward when it comes to like an online dating you don't really know what's going on in their life except what they present to you so yeah yeah and I think um I think maybe because we're both a bit older as well I think it was quite intentional with working out early on whether this was something serious or not. And so um, not really intentionally, but I think the third date, I actually met some of his really good friends. Yeah. Um, And so that was kind of good to see him in that context. And then I think within about two months of dating, he got to kind of meet my good friends and my family and I got to meet his family. So, you know, Mm because I think that's the other thing. Like if you're talking about, from my view anyway, dating – the end point, it should eventually be marriage. Yeah, cool. So um, if you can't see yourself getting married to somebody, I wouldn't be messing around with them for too long because yeah. that's just not fair to them or to you. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like um, You mentioned that you guys started dating later in life and so you got married in your 30s. As a, like, as a young person in your 20s what were your expectations around relationships did they match what you eventually had and like how did you navigate that um so I think my baseline was like quite early on that I really wanted to chase God and so I really wanted somebody who was going to chase God with me and I didn't really have any expectation that I would say get married in my early 20s or something I kind of thought maybe maybe by 30 maybe yeah but I think that was probably just from hearing other people's stories and things um and what maybe was common I guess um so yeah so I guess I navigated it by knowing early on 
what I was looking for. Um, and that did take some people off the table, you yeah. know? And then I think kind of, um, yeah, like, so I got married when I was 37. And we started dating, I think, when I was 35. And so by the time I kind of got to that point, it was like, oh, well, where is he, God? Um, and I think that I did a lot of work in terms of read books, and I had scriptures that I stood on as well yeah, cool. in terms of what was God's plan for my life. Because mm-hmm. you might have a question of like, you know, am I actually meant to get married? Yeah. Is that what God's got for me? Um, and so, yeah, there were some really good podcasts and really good books that mm-hmm. I read and some scriptures that I would stand on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you have like a scripture that you remember that kind of like carried you through? So I've probably got about four that I stood on. Um, I think the first thing was um, no good thing does he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Yeah. Um, He guards all that is mine. He makes everything beautiful in its time. Cool. Um, Because the thing is that sometimes it can be the right thing but the wrong time and then it actually can make it the wrong thing because it's not the right time. Um, and that can apply to anything in life. Um, and I think the other thing was um, to know that for most of us, God has called us to be married um, or to be in a relationship, yeah. which in the Christian worldview is in marriage. Yeah. And that's because he's asked us to procreate. Like if we get back to the bare basics, he's asked us to be fruitful and to multiply. And yeah. within the Christian um worldview you actually can't do that without being married yeah so for most of us we're called to be married and then there are certain people who are called to be single forever but they will know that and they will have a grace for that so yeah yeah. I love that I love that I love how you just like even like the choice of scripture of knowing that like God won't hold any good thing from you like he knows what's in our hearts he knows what will actually make us more fruitful in our life and for some, like, you know, that, that is marriage, that is relationship, and others it's singleness, but knowing that he won't withhold any good thing from those that love him and are faithful. I know for me, like, one of the verses that I hold on to is, like, yeah, like, just, like, trust in the Lord, like, lean on your understanding, and, like, he will make your path straight, and I know that it encompasses everything in my life, from my relationships to my finance to my spiritual health to my mental health, like, And I love that, you know, just like being able to trust God. And especially when you talk about timing too, I think that's so pivotal and something that's quite hard to like grasp, I think, especially in like the Christian world where like, you know, sometimes there's that expectation, you know, marry young, like does better, you know, or um, instant gratification society too, where I think time isn't valued as much as it should be, especially yeah. in a Christian like perspective and a Christian worldview. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's true. I think as well, like, um, like sometimes when you're going through the process of dating to find mm. the right person, you might, you know, get disappointed if mm. something doesn't work out, whether you end up dating or not, or whether it's just that you don't even get to that point. But if you can know that. God's not going to withhold something that's good for you, then I think that can give you a real peace that if it's meant to happen, it will. And if it doesn't, then God's actually got a better outcome for you. Yeah, cool. I love that. That's so cool. And yeah, really, really awesome. 
Um, one of my other questions that I'm really curious to see your response to, and this can go from your dating season with Jono to marriage and having a child together. Um, what are some of the challenges that you have had to navigate in your relationship and how have they actually brought you closer to God through the way that you've handled them as a couple? Okay. Um, I think communication. And, yeah, I think kind of learning how to how to do life well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jono and I are both, I guess, quite strong in our thinking and – he might say that it's because we got married later. I, I'm kind of in two minds. I'm like, I reckon if we got married younger, we'd probably still be the same because we have the same personalities. <laughs> um, but, you know, that one's still out for the jury. Um, so from very early on in our marriage, we needed to learn how to do life together and to yeah. communicate. Cause, and, and I think that, um, you know, in our first year of marriage, we, we had a lot going on. We... Um, had really only been in the same country for maybe a week or even the same city, you know, a week at a time. Yeah. And we went from, and I think this is similar for probably a lot of Christian couples in that, we went from not living together mm. to suddenly sharing a bedroom, sharing our bank accounts, sharing a wardrobe. And we even shared a car. And when I was in Melbourne, you know, I had an ensuite to myself, my own bed, and my car, which, you know, I could do whatever I wanted with, and my money. So So that can create some tension in terms of how you navigate and things. But I think kind of, I don't think fighting is necessarily a bad thing, Mm -hmm. um, or robust conversations, as I like to call them, (laughs) because it's communication. Um, I think it's almost more dangerous if you don't communicate. Mm -hmm. But you also want to get better at it and I think one thing that really helped me was like another couple were talking about stuff and they were their mentor said to them your fights will be less but the intensity will stay the same and I think that that's probably true because I think that's based on your personality so some people probably won't necessarily have as intense arguments because they might be calmer personalities maybe or not as strong personalities um, but what we did to, I guess, navigate it was, first of all, we did pre-marriage counselling. Right. Um, so we did prepare and enrich. Um, and I think that that was actually really helpful to set us up. I think if some of that stuff had come out after we got married, I might have felt a little bit trapped in a marriage yeah. that I wasn't sure I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. But because we talked about that stuff beforehand, and I probably would suggest some of that stuff you don't want to talk about before you're engaged, because mm-hmm. I think... You, not everybody needs to know that level of detail about you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was ha- helpful to have that as a mm-hmm. starting point. So then we weren't necessarily fighting about new information necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other thing was that we've, um, from quite early on, been intentional about having couples um, who might be a little bit further ahead of us right. that we trust and that we can go and talk to. So that Because yeah. you're going to have bumps in the road yeah and for the most part we try and resolve um a disagreement within that same kind of day like in all honesty we we resolve our fights pretty quick like within half an hour to an hour really um it's very rare that they go on for longer than that and we try and um 
we're trying to at least be able to get to the point where we can give each other a kiss and like a hug um, before we go to sleep. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always completely resolved, but we get to that point. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And then the other thing that we have done is um, we've seen a relationship counsellor or a couples counsellor, which has been really helpful, I think, for us to understand like she, her view is actually it's not about communication it's about like more underlying stuff mm. so um and it, it's really helpful I find having a neutral person who can help you guys work out what it really is because yeah say she talks about things being like um you've got the hot emotions so like you know anger um but what underlying it could be is I don't know maybe feeling disrespected mm. or feeling insecure or something. Yeah, sure. But they're not the emotions that you would necessarily identify straight away. Yeah. 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 So if you can, what we've, I think has helped us is being able to work out how each other kind of works. So when a situation arises, you, you can kind of be a bit more like, oh, okay, that's happening. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love how intentional you guys have been in like actually seeking out wise counsel in your relationship and obviously like you know that's been a key thing for you guys and not just one source but actually multiple sources and like seeking advice and I love that because it is so biblical right and knowing that you know we won't have all the answers but there are people that have gone before you people that are experts in understanding conflict and communication and emotions you know everything like that so that's so cool and, and so encouraging because I think it's so easy to want to, not even necessarily in a romantic relationship, but just general relationships, try to like solve things on your own or kind of keep things to yourself and let it fester and boil rather than like actually just like having that moment to like talk to someone about where you're at, getting a third party perspective that sometimes, you know, just opens your eyes to a new reality when you realize like, ah, oh, this, this could be a simple fix or ah. Oh, Maybe they are just feeling a bit insecure today, but I felt really offended by their response, you know. I think that's so valuable and can be applied to so many relationships, but especially um, one of the most important ones of marriage because that is lifelong commitment. Um, Estelle, I'm really, like, interested to hear your advice as someone that did date later in life, got married later in life, and I guess there's a lot of like cultural pressures around dating, specifically around purity, and like as a Christian woman, like how have you navigated the, yeah, I guess the cultural pressures to kind of abandon it, um, not really value it, not just purity in terms of like don't have sex, but like even just purity of thought and conduct and the way you've lived your life, both um, before dating, during dating and in your marriage. Could you give us a little like a little bit of advice, maybe a little bit of your journey, how you've navigated it? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think, you know, I became a Christian at, oh, I think it was 16. Um, and when I got saved, I got fully saved. And so I kind of had set up pretty early on I guess what my boundaries were mm-hmm. and um I when Jono and I had started dating I had already made a decision that I wasn't going to kiss him until I got engaged and we actually did change that after we started dating <laughs> <laughs> like it was a really good idea at the time it was, it was a great idea and I think it, um you know I'd taken a leap out of someone else's book and I was like oh yeah that's a great idea but 
But yeah, by the time we kind of started dating, I was like, oh, actually, no, I don't want to. But <laughs> Jono actually then came in and he was like, actually, I don't think we should kiss until um, you can say I love you. And I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, wow. And that probably did have a lot of things because yeah. it meant that we actually got to know each other separate to the physical stuff so yeah. we built a really solid friendship and communication line mm-hmm. before then and mm-hmm. I think that also does help a little bit with long distance because when you're long distance you only have a certain amount of time together and that can build stuff up you know yeah, totally um but I think the other thing if we go back a bit to mm-hmm. separate to dating or separate to marriage um you mentioned purity of thought, mm. and I think that that is quite important as well because I heard before I got married that um, if you can't control your thoughts before you get married, you're not necessarily going to be able to control them afterwards. And now that I am married, I can 100% say that is true. Wow. So if you are oh, – I'm just going to go there. Yeah. Like if you are um, reading or watching certain things – which is setting you off, um, you may not necessarily be able to stop that once you get married. And yeah. that's going to be dishonouring to your partner. Um, and so before we were married, um, I was careful about what I watched and what I would read. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest because I think it's just important to hear this sometimes. You know, like, I did enjoy good rom-com and I did enjoy... Um, in my younger, younger years, like, I did read some of that. I can't remember. Mills and Boone? No. Do you know those? Ones? So, um, basically, books that have got quite graphic content sure, in it. yeah. Aimed for um, a woman's heart, you know. Yeah. We've all been um, there. So, I made a decision fairly early on that, um, yeah, I was going to try and keep my mind as pure as possible. Mm. Um, and I guess because... For a whole bunch of reasons, I think, I can't even remember a particular scripture, but I think I just knew that um, if I could keep my mind as healthy as possible, it was going to set me up in whatever way it was. And so I made a decision early on that I wasn't going to read or watch anything that had too much graphic content in it. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I wanted to be able to be the best person I could be for the person I did get married to. Yeah, and um, it's, I think, been helpful in that I, I don't necessarily compare Jono to stuff that I've read or stuff mm-hmm. that I've watched because I don't really have that. Yeah, and, and because, you know, I hadn't slept with anybody before I met Jono. So I have no, no one to compare to. And I think that that's a blessing that you get. Yeah. When yeah. you keep yourself pure. Um, but it's an ongoing thing. Like, John and I will, um, if we're watching something on TV and it starts to go there, um, you know, with people yeah, yeah, yeah. getting, in, like, lots of graphic content, we'll fast-forward through it because yeah. um, I think for myself as well, I, like, I don't lose images necessarily. I can probably yeah. still remember. If I've seen something really graphic, even when I was, like, 10, I've still got that there. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm really careful with what I expose yeah. myself to yeah yeah no I love that I love the intentionality you set in so like young and like just stuck to it because I feel like purity is one of those things where like it is a battle like so 
putting down your expectations like straight away like really does set you for a win because if you don't have those boundaries in place you don't have those expectations and more than that like if you don't have the why which was like for you it's like you knew if you had the purity of mind it'd be purity of action and it'd be honoring to both your husband and also protecting your own heart um if you don't have that why I guess it's it's so much you know like so what you know so what if it's it's porn. I feel like that's becoming like even more like acknowledged within the church too. Like realizing that you know, like porn, it's not just a guy's issue. Like it's it's a girl's issue. Like it is something that all of us will have to navigate, single or not. You know. So I think just setting up those expectations early on, and like, did you have any other way of like accountability through those processes, or were you pretty like once you made a decision, you just stuck to it? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think I really needed it. And for me, it wasn't like an addiction. Yeah. It was like, I think I could maybe read two or three of them or something. Yeah. Um, That's great. But I think as well, like while we're talking about purity in your mind, I think sometimes things may not necessarily be marked as unhealthy, but it's always going to be about what's healthy for you. And I think even like... um, they might not be necessarily, you know, X-rated books or movies, but I think mm. we also do have to be really careful with what we expose ourselves to because, yeah, cool. um, or how much truth we let it be. Um, because, you know, things that we get from Hollywood and things that we just get from normal, you know, even novels, yeah. um, they can set you up to think that romance is something that it isn't necessarily. Yeah, like, and cool. I think, like, an example would be from Twilight, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> One day he, like, um, I don't think she really knew him, and he just kind of was perched on her window or something. <laughs> and I'm like, like, in this day and age, like, if that happens, he's a stalker, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> so good. it's not necessarily that guys are going to be that open with their emotions and what they think of you. And I think that that can sometimes set you up for a fall. Yeah, sure. Your expectations are skewed because you think, like, I want the mysterious guy, you know. He's romantic. He's You don't know what's going to happen next. But the reality, like, miscommunication or, you know, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Or you can kind of, like, have an expectation that that's what a guy is going to do to show he's interested in you. Yeah. When, actually he might just be talking to you or you know like just yeah yeah, that's not a very good example no no that's good (laughs) I like it I feel like you know it's relevant I think we all can be like misinformed about romance based on Hollywood and then when you really look into Hollywood and you look at the success of relationships in there as well like it does have to you know beg the question of like does it is Hollywood romance really real like does it last the distance and I guess that's something we all kind of have to come to our own conclusion on but um yeah I love it that's so great and um I guess just kind of like rounding this whole conversation up um what are your top dating tips top two dating tips (laughs) for all the single Christian ladies okay um so the first thing is as a baseline is to sow into your relationship with God because I think that if you have that as your base, then one, you're going to be constantly getting your mind renewed. Yeah. Um, and it just means that you're going to know who you are. Mm. And if you know who you are, then you can be confident, which is attractive. 
and also you um, will respect others and you'll respect yourself. And yeah. so I think that's a really great baseline. Mm -hmm. um, and then in a practical kind of sense, I think honour the invitation. So if somebody has the courage to ask you out on a date, even if you don't necessarily find them attractive, even if you don't see yourself getting married to them, if they're a, if it's a legitimate invitation and they're a decent person, go for it. Because you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And see it as, I wouldn't probably tell them this, but see it as good practice. Because it means that when you do meet the right person, you're gonna know how to talk to a guy when you're in a setting of a date. So just be open, um, don't think too hard about it, yeah, okay, cool. And, but also be kind and upfront. Mm. Yeah, because I think clarity is actually really important in dating. I sometimes feel like there's too much um, guessing. Sure. Yeah, yeah when yeah. you could actually just kind of find out where you're at with someone. And yeah. that would help everyone. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I feel like everything kind of comes back to communication, right? Um, like being able to communicate where you're at and I think I think that's tricky like I say that confidently but I know like it is it is a tricky thing to do when there's potentially feelings or like you know new territory but um, that's so cool thanks so much Estelle like you've given so much great advice and relationships from dating to marriage to our thought life throughout all of it and um, we're just so grateful to have you on board with someone that has walked the journey and has walked it with so much integrity and continually is aspiring to walk it with integrity we really um, appreciate you and look up to you as someone that you know, we can go to ask for advice because we know that you have gone before and, um, yeah, you have you have navigated situations, you have navigated challenges and come through on the other side, being closer to God and um, closer with people. And I feel like that's so beautiful and something we could all take a little bit of wisdom from and all take a bit of encouragement from. So thank you for everything you've brought today. You are incredible. And Jono is a very lucky man to have you. So, um, yeah, it's been such a pleasure having you speak today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's been lovely. Yeah, so that is a roundup of today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it and stay tuned for what's next.